Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the CEO-ish podcast. I'm Chloe. And I'm Taylor. And before we get into the meat of today's intro and episode, we just want to thank everyone for all of the positive feedback we've received on our Vogue interviews. We really enjoyed reading through you guys' responses and seeing what surprised you about us. One person in particular, shout out Kat, um, she messaged me to inform me that even though I didn't know what my spirit animal was, she did, and I thought this was rather bold, but she told me that she thinks I'm a jaguar, and it is because, I quote, they dominate on both land and water. Nobody fucks with a jaguar and lives to tell the tale. And you know, that fueled my soul for the rest of this week, so (laughs) we're riding on a high note. (laughs) Today, we are interviewing Tracy Pentergast, who is actually one of my most treasured clients. I'm so excited for you guys to get introduced to her. But even more so than that, she is a mother, a wife, a former actress, a creative, and she is the founder of Daisy Made, which is an online community dedicated to nurturing and celebrating creativity in all its many forms. Daisy Maid was born out of the belief that your most vibrant life will begin when you allow yourself to learn, create, and make from your heart. Whether it's baking homemade bread, growing plant babies, decorating your studio apartment, or opening a pottery shop out of your basement, creativity is for all, no matter how messy or imperfect it looks. We are so excited for you guys to meet and hear from Tracy. We've had such a great conversation with her diving into what social media and algorithms have done for artists and creatives alike, the impacts on their mental health and different ways we can work through these creative blocks we all go through from an art therapist perspective. But as always, before we dive into these interviews, we'll catch you guys up on what's been going on with us. I have a lot of exciting updates, so I'm just keep talking. So first of all, you guys already know, last week I started my graphic design services for other podcasters, and I'm just so excited to get started with that. And thank you all so much for the positive feedback. That was just amazing. You guys are all the best. But yeah, on just a more fun, I guess, update just of my personal life. Today, I went to Grand Haven with Oliver and we went on the trails. We hiked like four miles in the dunes and that was so much fun. But oh my fucking God, every single mosquito was out there today and I'm just dying. I'm covered in mosquito bites right now. So that was lame. I'm going (laughs) to, we're going to have to get back out there like after the first frost hits and then it'll warm up again. You know how fall does in Michigan. We're going to have to go again once all the bugs are dead. (laughs) Interesting. It was trash. I'm sorry. <laughs> How about you, Taylor? Huh. Well, I think last I caught you guys up on, I was having a ton of calls that were going on last week, and I had amazing calls from yeah. all of my clients. And we have a lot of brand deals coming through when we are in the negotiation process right now. So needless to say, I have a very busy week of reviewing contracts ahead of me. Um, But other than that, not much is going on in the work department, except for the fact that I've been trying to hire a second person. I have her picked out. I am ready to onboard her, except for the fact that I'm not ready to onboard her because I have like no time on my hands to do the process. And I just need like two weeks for it to like chill out a bit so I can get her (laughs) onboarded and dedicate the time that I need to dedicate to her to bring her on. And it's just not happening. And it's very frustrating. Oh my gosh. So, but (sighs) that's rough. Yeah, that's that's, a good problem to have. Yes, it's a good problem to have, but it's just stressful right now. So I digress, but I got to get her in before the Mm. holiday season starts because I'm going to be dying. Like Black Friday. Are you kidding me? No. Oh, Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's pretty much all I have on the work front. Now on some personal updates. Um, I have like nine days until I go to see Liana. I'm in single digits. I'm very excited. I'm going to Atlanta. Um, It's going to be a great time. 
And then I'm going back to the dark side this week with my hair. My hair was supposed to be dark back in July. Mm. And then my hairstylist ended up getting COVID and she had to cancel my appointment. So this is a remake appointment for hair that was supposed to be done a while ago. And it needs it, let me tell you. It's gross. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel like we're like on opposites right now. So you're about to go to Atlanta. I'm about to go to Nashville. You're about to dye your hair darker and I'm about to go blonde. You didn't even mention Nashville, dude. Well, I was going to mention it next week, but yeah, basically next weekend I'm going to visit my sister in Nashville and one of my cousins is going to be there as well. And then I'm also going to see one of Taylor and I's old roommates. Her name's Becca and she's living in Nashville, living her best life, her best life right now. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Fucking love Becca. It's going to be fun. Oh, we're going to a drag brunch on Sunday. I'm really excited for that. (laughs) so jealous. I really, wait, in Nashville, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want to go to that. Oh, it's so fun. I'll have to bring you another time. We'll get it worked out. We'll go to one in GR. There's that definitely that place that does it. Okay. Come, like, come, come again to Grand Rapids, uh, by the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you're back from Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I, well, I'll see you the weekend after I get back from Atlanta because we have the Glass Animals concert. Oh, hell yeah. I'm so excited. That weekend's going to be crazy. Oliver and I also have a wedding that weekend. So we're going to go from wedding to concert to just back to work, I guess. <laughs> Are you guys going to be okay? Like a wedding equals hangover. <laughs> well, you know, we got some liquid IVs. That should have been my product of this week now that I'm thinking about it. But yeah, if you guys <laughs> don't know what liquid IVs are, they're the best. Um, They're okay. I'm just, they, they're not such an issue with electrolyte drinks and you know this. They're not like the most yummy drink. They're almost like too much. But they're if you don't want a hangover... Listen, I stopped being able to drink and not have a killer hangover when I was like 21. Yeah. So now that I'm old, <laughs> I really <laughs> I really need some liquid IVs. <laughs> yeah, I just really need some water, H2O. Oh yeah. <laughs> Lots of water, water between drinks, water before bed, very important. I haven't reached the level of drinking like vodka water, so I don't hate myself that much yet, but I get where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you want to go ahead with your product of the week? Yeah. Oh, no. I have one more thing I want to catch you up on. Okay. Yes, let me do tell it. You. Um, my Monstera repotting <gasps> adventure. I came down the stairs. And for those of you that have not seen my Monstera, she's huge. She's glorious. She she's is glorious. Easily five feet tall now. Like, she's huge. She fell off of her plant stand <gasps> because she is too top heavy because she's five feet tall. <laughs> Well, if you want to make her a little smaller, I will happily take a clipping. <laughs> so that this is the point we're coming to. So I took her off of the plant stand and decided that her pot was big enough to stand on its own. And now I, I bought some moss poles off of oh, Amazon. Good. And I was really excited about it, except for the fact that I bought one moss pole. And I thought that a 26.1 inch moss pole was going to be big enough for this thing. It was not. like, And I say I did not discover this plant was almost five feet until I picked the plant up and like all the branches because it's so heavy that the branches were hanging down and growing down instead of growing up. I don't even know if this is making sense or if you can visualize this, but it was crazy. When I finally lifted the branches up to start like winding it around this moss pole for it to climb up, I was like, Oh my God, this moss pole isn't big enough. I need two more moss poles, oh my gosh. the equivalent size of the one that I need it to be. And I also need that one to be taller. So I had to end up ordering like six more moss poles that are coming tomorrow to secure this plant down. 
you so know, that's what's going on with my child right now. <laughs> that is an awesome problem to have. Oh, except for the fact, like, I just, I think it's getting to a point where, like, it's almost too big for its pot and, like, kind of root bound mm-hmm. and I need to repot it, but I also don't want to because it can't get bigger. Like, it really can't right now. I can't do, it's so big. Yeah, you're going to run out of room at some point. And, but it's also getting to a point too, where I'm like the leaves, like normally they put out really big leaves, but the leaves are starting to get smaller. The newer mm-hmm. ones that they're putting out, I don't want to do that either. So I'm going to rock in a hard place right now. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. None of my plants have ever had that problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's they usually die spot. before they get there. <laughs> oh, we love that for you. Uh, it's fine. I'm working on it. All right. Favorite products. Am I going first? Right. Or are you going first? You can go. All right. I am shouting out the My Human Design app. You all know I am a human design enthusiast. If you have not listened to our episode about human design with Taylor Gruy, I will put it in the show notes. Go educate yourselves. It is a phenomenal episode. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. But this app, Taylor worked on it. She, The queen of human design, Jenna Zoe, came out with this app. And it was to make human design more accessible to everybody, to help them understand their charts, understand everything. And she also, there's a lot about human design, like the way, how do I want to word this? Like they used words like authority and, um, she changed it to intuition just to make it a little more, to make it make sense, you know? Mm -hmm. And she ended up, I guess, like halfway through this project, pulled Taylor Gruy into it. And Taylor Gruy got to help her with the app. And the standout thing about this app for me is the daily tips they send because they're all designated to you and your unique design. And I love it. And there's a free version of the app and there's a paid version of the app. The paid version is $5, people. Like it is so affordable and you learn so much about yourselves and you get to listen to Jenna Zoe narrate it all in her beautiful accent. And it's just the most peaceful thing ever. I love it. I listen to this over podcasting right now. I'm so obsessed. Oh my gosh. I'm glad you reminded me of this. Cause yeah, when Taylor posted about it, about it launching, I went to download it on my phone, but it's not available on Androids yet. So I need to download it on my iPad. Cause I do really want it. I'm excited. You should do it. And you should also let me know what your very specific birth time is so I can add your human design into mine. That's another thing too. So a lot of um, apps, like with, I'll take astrology apps, for example, they make you pay to be able to do like all of the compatibility and like compare your chart to a friend's or a significant other's or a parent or whatever. Mm-hmm. This doesn't do it. You get to, com- you pay the $5 fee and you get access to everything. It is just point blank, straightforward. Okay, I'm definitely going to do that. And for the record, I was born at 6.28 a.m. Interesting. Yes. I was born Catch on my mom six- up all night, I guess. I was born on 6.28, so that's interesting. Wow, yeah. See, we were just destined to be friends. The Cancer <laughs> and the Aries, even though everybody says astrologically we're not supposed to get along. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's all right. No, we make it work. We're great. We make it work. And you know what? For the record, I did think Taylor hated me for like the first two months of living together. <laughs> so I guess astrology really didn't want us to get along, but we just pushed through it. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, it's my Aries moon and rising. She can be a real bitch. It is. I was like, Taylor hates me. And then I was like, no, that's just the way she talks. <laughs> well, that's just my face. That's just her face. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. All right so, what's your? I was going to say, what's yeah. your product of the week? 
Uh, it's a little less exciting. It's another cleaning product. It's Aunt Fanny's Floor Cleaning Vinegar Wash. I got the lavender scent because I love me some lavender. I was going to say, you're um, on a bit of a lavender kick right now, yes, aren't you? I love it. Um, but it's just awesome. So, you know, Frida's been having some problems, possible allergies. So I've been trying to like switch our cleaning products, her food. I switched her food and it gave her belly aches. So I'm trying like everything else before I switch her food now. And right Speaking now, it's, of Frida, was she meowing on the call earlier? Yes, and I'm so sorry about that. I texted Oliver to go <laughs> to get, shut her up. But yeah, I'll mute her. I know, that. that was funny. <laughs> I thought I was losing my mind for a second because I was like, wait, th- I don't have a cat anymore. Where is this coming yeah. from? Is the cat in the room? And then I was like, I think that's Frida. That's Frida. Yeah, she's actually not feeling so hot today. Oh. Keeping my eyes on her, I might need to take her to the vet tomorrow or something. What, wait, what's she doing? She had... Okay, this is really gross, but she had a little, really little bit of diarrhea, and there was the tiniest bit of blood in there. So we're keeping an eye on her right now. And Aww. I just gave her dinner, and usually she's like begging me to give her dinner, all and then she over devours it. all of it. But this time she watched me give her her dinner, and she didn't go for it. So she's um she's on watch right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I'm trying not to freak out about it. But anyway, so this cleaning product is one of the first things that I'm trying to switch out. Hopefully it's something to do with that and not her food that's causing her allergies. But I really love it. And as far as like a vinegar wash goes, it's not too vinegary. Of course, you're always going to get a little bit of vinegar, but it's not too bad. So I'm really enjoying it. I'll have to check it out. I've never even heard of this brand before. What did you say it was? Aunt Fanny's. Why? <laughs> Why? I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this might sound like a real bitch thing of me to say, but you have full creative control <laughs> to name your brand whatever you want and you choose that. I'm so I'm sorry. I just whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I got it on Amazon. So I got um, you know, we have a Swiffer and I would always just buy those disposable pads, but I finally got like the reusable mop ones that you then dip into this cleaner and scrub your floors with. And yeah, it seems to work better. And the thing about the disposable pads, one, they're disposable, so that's a waste. And they also feel like they dry out after doing like half of my kitchen. And I'm like, okay, great. But I have like the rest of my apartment to do. I don't want to use like five pads to do that. So it's really great to just use the one reusable one and some of this Aunt Fanny's cleaning product. And it's just really nice. Love that for you. (laughs) Thanks. Do you want to go ahead with our small business shout out? I do because I am unbelievably excited about today's small business shout out because today when this episode releases, it will be September 15th and that will be the official launch of Shop Doggy Issues, which is Jen Hartman's second business selling conscious sex positive clothing and accessories for dogs and their eccentric AF humans. If you haven't listened to our episode with Jen yet, definitely check it out. I will leave it in the show notes below. But she has put so much love and intention into this brand. And you guys, it's funny as fuck. Hilarious. 12 out of 10 in the humor department. Jen did a phenomenal job. I will be racing with my credit card in hand to get the doggy (laughs) style hat to show my support to her. And you can shop all of the amazing doggy issue launches at www.doggyissues.com. That's www.doggyissues.com. I-S-S-U-E-S dot C-O-M. And Jen is a goddamn queen, and she gave us a discount code for you guys to take 10% off of your order. However, that code is being emailed me tomorrow after we have finished recording this intro. So I will have the code in the show notes for you guys. And I'm assuming it's going to be something along the lines of CEO-ish, maybe CEO-ish podcast or CEO-ish 10, some variation of those. 
but be sure to check out the show notes for 10% off and go support Jen on this amazing launch. I'm so proud of her. And we love the fact that it is sustainable clothing. She put so much time and effort into that. And for that alone, she deserves the support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can see how much love she put into this. It's so funny. Have you seen any of the quotes on these t-shirts oh, yeah. and things like that? Oh my God. There's doggy style. There's looking for a daddy for my doggy. It's, oh my God. There, there's a bandana that says, sir, can I play with your balls? It's just <laughs> 12 out of 10 humor. I could not love it more. It's great. It's great. I love it. It's so cute. Check it out, guys. Yes. Shop doggy issues. Show your support to Jen. We love her. Yes. And with that, we are ready to dive into the interview with Tracy. So we, we will see you guys on the other side. Hello, Tracy. And thank you so much for coming on our podcast to share more about your story and Daisy Made. Can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your career leading up to your entrepreneurial journey with Daisy Made? Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, I can. Uh, thanks for having me, you guys. Um, so my name is Tracy, and um, I guess the best way to like quickly um, tell you about myself leading up to Daisy Made is um, I've always been a creative um, and dabbled in many different areas of um, being a creative professionally and uh film and television, and then on to creating a blog. So I had um, another creative outlet and then into creating a community. So that's kind of the very short version of how I have landed at Daisy Made. And how do you think your career in TV has prepared you to be on Instagram and on camera as much as you are on social media now? Well, I actually think in some ways it's made it a little difficult um, because I think I I hold content to like a super high standard in terms of like filming stuff, anything that's like video or photography. I get very in my head because I feel like everything has to be so well produced that a lot of times I can't push out as much as I'd like. So that's something that I've definitely had to learn to like move through. But I think it's helped me just um, in terms of being able to put myself out there. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out and then move on and keep moving forward. So that's probably the biggest thing I learned from acting and then moving into this space. I was not expecting you to say it was difficult because I feel like like I when I think of people on TV, I think like the QVC personalities. And I feel like they would transpire so well over into social media just because they can show up and they're camera ready. But I never thought of the perspective of how high quality and like of a production TV is. So you're used to having so many things that make it feel so more HD, high quality, you know. So mm -hmm. I can definitely see how that would like create some disconnect. Well, I think also this year was a huge eye-opener in terms of – so I think when you're an actress or you're you're in the entertainment industry, you kind of always feel more comfortable playing a character, right, than actually being yourself. So I think a lot of what social media is when you're the face of a brand is essentially becoming somewhat of a character or, you know, who you think should be the – the face of your brand. And um, this last year when everything got really hard, I think it was really difficult for people to be that character because we were all going through so much. And I think that now people are no longer wanting that type of 
front woman or front front person that we're all kind of craving humanity. So um, I think it's been a huge adjustment for a lot of people this year, um, just no figuring out how to show up authentically, you know. Um, I as- can definitely agree with that because the last thing I wanted to see all throughout last year was somebody thriving and having a good time and <laughs> making it look like it was so easy when I felt so alone and just so frustrated with everything going on and feeling like the situation wasn't going to get better. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. I mean, it still is. It's we're For all sure. going through like crazy collective trauma. And um, I think at a certain point, you know, you just say, I cannot like show up and pedal something today. Like I'm having a really rough time. <laughs> um, so that's like I think that's been actually a positive um, of the last year and a half is people kind of like stepping into, you know, a different role on social media. Now, do you think stepping into that authenticity has been what's made Daisy Made grow so quickly throughout this? I think that it's been more of a focus on building authentic community and less of a focus on like self. And I think that has been a huge learning experience because um, even when I had a bigger following on my personal account, I've never felt such a connection um, with an audience. And I feel like just the slowdown, the slow growth, the putting out work that we believe in and yeah, just slowing down has helped us tremendously. And just asking ourselves, are we adding to the noise or are we being, are we being helpful? Are we like, you know, bringing some sort of value? And if the answer is no, just like stepping back. Mm-hmm. I actually want to step back for a second because I want to dive into you. And for those of you who don't know, if I didn't already say this in the intro, Tracy is actually one of my beloved clients. So I know a lot about yes. her. And I know that she actually had a fairly large Instagram following, but she deleted that social media account entirely. And I actually want to dive into why you chose to do this. So I had a, a personal blog associated with my personal account that I deleted. And When the pandemic started and I couldn't give it attention anymore, I felt an overwhelming sense of relief not to have to pour into it and pour into it anymore. And I had to ask myself, why do I feel such an overwhelming sense of relief to not be working on something I've been building for six years? And I think it was honestly like we had talked about before. It was like, really looking at myself. And I think part of it was I was absorbing so much on social media and it was making me feel so bad. A lot of, um, you know, parents like really thriving during like the whole work at home, kids at home time period. And I knew how it made me feel. And I started thinking about how, how I want things I put into the world to make others feel. And being a teacher and, you know, sharing my point of view all the time for me was not it uh, this last year and a half. It was about like listening and and then allowing others like a safe place to come and just talk about like what everyone's going through. Um, I didn't say that very well, but I think it was just it was just really craving community a place for others to speak, to be a student and not a teacher. And I could have kind of converted my own account into that, but it felt like a good time to just burn it down and and start fresh and um, do better. 
You know, I actually love that because as someone, I a former social media manager in my former days, and you go through that. And honestly, sometimes I think it makes it worse when you change niches because then instead of just deleting the account outright like you did, because then you just see your followers dropping and you know, logically your brain is trying to like connect that you're like, oh, I'm just losing the people that don't want to be here for this, this next phase. It's fine, blah, blah, blah. But really it does still drain on you, especially when you work so hard to produce content, especially to the level of quality that you do, it's draining. So in many ways, I actually think that you gave yourself like a mental health refresh by deleting that account. And I'm happy you were comfortable talking about that because I thought that was one of the most interesting things when you first told me during our onboarding call was how you had this massive profile that you had built. And you were just like, I was ready to burn it to the ground. And nobody talks about <laughs> that. And I think there are a lot of social media influencers, entrepreneurs that reach that point in their career too, where they're just like, this is so much and it's always on. And I feel like I can't get away from it. And they feel those like same resentment feelings towards it, where when they finally purge the account and get rid of it. They're like, wow, I, why do I feel this much relief? So I'm really appreciative of you sharing that. Oh, thank you. I think also it's, you know, to really do well in that space, I think a lot of it is sharing a lot of like personal stuff about you, about your family. Um, my parent, my kids have just stepped into an age where they're going to school. I didn't, I did not feel comfortable sharing them any longer. So if I'm not sharing my family, if I'm not comfortable sharing like, you know, 80% of who I am, then I just feel like it's just, it just didn't feel like the space for me. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of people go through that. Also, like just to be frank, when I was an actress, um, a lot of people followed me for a lot of different reasons. And there was a lot of people following me that had like never dropped off and were continuing to follow me that I was like, I don't really know if like this energy is right, you know, um, men that had seen me on stuff or and it just felt like I just want people to find like who I am right now in this moment. And if they want to follow me with this truth and who I am, then that's great. And if I'm not for them anymore, that's cool, too. I like that. So can you tell our audience a little bit more about Daisy Made? Yeah, sure. So Daisy Made is a, commu a community that supports and um, encourages creativity no matter where you are in your journey. So, you know, if you're just creating as a release or therapy, you're welcome. If you're running a small business, you're welcome. It's really just talking about all the different things that we go through. I mean, creatives are very multidimensional. So it's kind of touching on all of the different things that make us tick. So we um, offer like fun DIYs and inspiration, but we also talk about like mental health and wellness and and just kind of support and uplift each other. That's awesome. I know as a creative, like having those groups where you have fellow creatives all going through the same stuff, it's really nice having other people to look at. Yeah, and I think what what's missing are creative communities that aren't necessarily money driven. Um, you know, I think it's really, really awesome to have people that encourage you to do the best you can in your business and have like always sharpen your tools. Like a hundred percent, I've had, I've paid for coaches, I've been in tons of programs, but sometimes I don't want to, like, I don't want the value of my creativity to be how much I made doing it. And I just need a space where we can just talk about like 
the good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So one of the reasons we are very excited to talk to you today is because you are truly an artist like Chloe. And while we've talked with a bunch of creatives on this podcast, and I believe everybody can be creative and have the ability to be creative and possesses creativity in their body, but it's definitely different to be an artist. Like I can say I am creative, but I am not a painter and an artist like Chloe. And we really want to dive into what social media and algorithmic pressures have done to creatives. Because before social media, artists, and I'm thinking like your Van Goghs and your Michelangelos, they had years and years of ample time to build their masterpieces. And then they would be in galleries or museums or they'd sell at art shows. But now with social media and the world being at our fingertips, which is so amazing, you have all these algorithmic pressures. And, you know, we've all heard that Instagram is like demanding four or five reels a week on top of three static posts and 15 stories daily. And it just it feels like so much. And they want all of this content to be new and unique and keeping people coming back to the platform. And it's just added so much pressure to true artists and creatives. So we really want to dive into how this has impacted you as a creative and how you go about continuing to grow a collective of creatives and fostering their mental health. So, oh my gosh, that's so much. I remember we we like video, we were like voice messaging one day and I was like, I can't take it anymore. I know. Um, I think one of the biggest things I'm learning and what I love so much about cultivating more of a community is you don't always have to be the one to like create this content. You can lean on others and you can like make it enjoyable. Um, I think like there's just no way one person can run a small business, uh, thrive in their personal life and do reels every single day and uh, I don't know. It's just a lot to me. And it starts feeling forced and it starts feeling like a job, like a full-time job. Um, We had talked about when um, we talked about this discussion privately, just kind of like longing for that slowness and seeing little pieces of like people's lives. That's kind of what engages me. That's what makes me stop scrolling. Like not the fast stuff. When I just see like little bits and pieces of someone's day, like I find that so fascinating. And I think, yes, it's it's good to have video, you know, but maybe we rethink the way we're framing the videos and like really focus on sharing little pieces of things that like sparked joy throughout your week. Um I just don't think it's realistic for any artist mm-hmm. to do this. I definitely this. don't think it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't. Th- I, I hate the batch working thing. I think if you're if you're creating content for a biz- for certain types of businesses or for a client, like say I was working for a client and I didn't have a huge connection, I could probably batch work constantly and be fine. But like when it comes to your own process, we don't batch work. We don't do five projects in one day. You know, so I think there are just ways to reframe it. Like maybe throughout the week, you take little clips of like things that you enjoyed or pieces of your work and then like set aside time to kind of go through them at some point and decide what you want to share and kind of like schedule them. I think that makes perfect sense. But just this idea of nonstop reels, it stresses me out. 
I also have something to add to this. And Chloe, please feel free to chime in because I know this is something you and I have had conversations about and something you struggle with as an artist yourself. How do you feel about sharing multiple pieces of content on like one piece of work? Because I know with her, she's told me before that she just feels like people are going to get bored seeing the same piece over and over, even though she spends weeks at a time on projects. So where are you at with that? I totally understand why you would feel that way. Um, I think it's fascinating to see something take shape over time. Um, I also think that, you know, every time you share a little piece of the same project, new people are discovering you. So I think that's kind of like cool. They can catch on, jump in at different um, parts of your process. But I think it just has to be what feels comfortable for you. You know, some weeks I feel super energetic and I do four videos on a Saturday and I feel good about it. And some weeks, like last week, I the world felt really heavy and I was like, no, I just I can't do it this week. <laughs> so I literally just didn't. Um, I don't know. I just think we all need to like acknowledge that we're all going through a lot. You know, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's so weird too, especially because you talked about like slowing down. It's so weird because I think everybody thought the pandemic was that time for people to slow down. And while they did slow down their work lives because a lot of people were forced, they weren't traveling, you know, so on and so forth. In many ways, it sped up the online world like that people oh, were creating so much content for people to consume just because people were at home, people were bored, like. There are 10 million more podcasts mm -hmm. on the market. There are 10 million more creators that have entered the space. There's new video games. There's new online games. Like there's just, there's so much. And while it's been beautiful for that, I also think it's put a lot of pressure on people who are like, oh my gosh, I have all this new quote unquote competition. Right. It's so overstimulating. And honestly, I think one thing that's hard too um, is that we're we we're changing, we're evolving through all of this. And like you get a you think you get a grasp on who you are and what inspires you and what you want to do. And then things are constantly changing emotionally in the world, everything. And then all of a sudden you feel out of alignment again. And like every other week you feel out of alignment. Um I think it's just honestly I just wish that creators would focus more on building really like meaningful community and putting stuff out just for that that meaningful community going slow and building slow instead of trying to like get these viral videos that will get them you know 10,000 followers or whatever it is it's just chasing that i feel like really just burns you out it oh, does. Yeah. And it's chasing a vanity metric. So you hit the 10k th followers, you think you're going to be happy, but are you? Yeah. Like that's why up button really ain't, like elevate your life so much. <laughs> yeah. And also like you your reel could go viral. You could get what like 10, 20,000 views on a reel, but that doesn't necessarily even mean any of those people are going to follow you. So then mm -hmm. you're left with what like what's your return on investment, you know, on that um it's I just I think you just have to keep asking yourself, why am I making stuff? What am I trying to like? How am I trying to serve my community? And like, is this in, an, in alignment? Am I killing myself for like a good reason? Um, and just that, keep that's asking the quote questions. we're making out of a graphic right there. <laughs> am I killing myself for a reason? <laughs> oh, man. I ask myself that a lot. Um, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
So as a creative, I would love to know what your process of getting past creative block or burnout looks like. We know that you did a live with an art therapist about a week or so ago, and you guys touched on that. So I'd love to know what you took away from that or what your processes of getting past those blocks. Yeah, I think ultimately, um, and I'm, I have to say, like, I'm privileged to be able to do the things I'm about to say that I do because I, my work, my, my business is a part-time business and I'm like, I have no boss. So it's like, not everybody can like just decide to take breaks or, you know what I mean? So I say that this like totally understanding that, but I really think you have to do the things that make you feel inspired and things that are not about your art, you know, just like taking a day to take a class, like classes really energize me just being in that energy. Um, two weeks ago, I did like a floral arrangement class and I'm not saw that. That's cool. Yeah. My friend has this business. She does, you know, backyard floral arrangement parties. And I honestly just left. So my cup was full. It was good conversation. It was like challenging my mind in a different way. And for me, I think furthering my education in things that I might not necessarily use for business, like gardening, cooking, floral, you know, things that are just for me really help. I feel like I those are the things you. that help you connect with your inner child though. Cause like if I was a kid, I would have gone outside and I would have picked flowers from the ground and I would have made a fake floral arrangement that way, even though they were probably like wild flowers, you know, the purple and yellow dandelions that you can get outside. Yes. But yeah. It's something that's just for you. You know, it's like I I love classes, but it's not necessarily the classes that are going to further my business. Like I want to learn how to make sourdough bread just because I want to know because that's mm-hmm. cool to me. I took like, a pottery class for the same reason like yeah. in January. I was terrible at it, but it was so mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> yeah, and you're not going to like open a pottery shop all of a sudden. Like you – it's just – it's skills that like if we were still in school – if we were still kids and we had electives, those like fun little parts of your day that just like break it up and like challenge you. And also get you off of your phone and stop scrolling for a few hours, you know? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And even like finding another creator that needs reels for their business and saying like, hey, I'll help you like shoot a couple for, you know, for of yours if you help me shoot a couple of mine. I did this with someone I found locally recently and just like, me helping her direct and do her stuff was like got me really excited and then having her point of view like she had asked me about like well how are you going to cut that and I was like oh I didn't even think of that like okay just having buddy up with people you know Mm -hmm. buddy like find people locally and reach out slide into their dms and just be like hey you want to do something cool together I feel like everyone gets so stuck in doing it their way that it's nice to have somebody else's perspective on it for sure. Or the amount of times that I think I could film something, but it would be 10 times better if somebody could just hold the camera at this very specific angle for me because my tripod isn't quite tall enough and the stack of books that I have it at isn't quite reaching the height that I needed to, you know, all the weird things that we do to get the shot. Right. And you're like embarrassed to like have your spouse come up. You're like, um, oh my God. you like film If somebody jumping? walks in on me filming Instagram reels, they're dead to me. Oh yeah. Dead so we're me. like alive. You're like, um, yeah. It's I like locked down my entire when I did that live, I was sweating so profusely. 
I oh my like, god, you did so good too. <laughs> Thank you. It's it's scarier than anything I've done in a really long time. And it's like this is an Instagram live. Why am I so stressed out? But yeah. she's acted in movies and been on live TV, and yet she's afraid of the Instagram. That's surprising live. to hear. Well, because it's <laughs> it's like you can't say. I mean, anything you say like is just out there. It it happens. Like people are watching you, and I don't know. It's I just. Yeah, I was scary. And I'm always afraid of technical difficulties where I'm the person like "Ah." Instagram live is the worst feature that Instagram has. I don't know if anybody else shares the same sentiment as me, but I will validate you in this. Instagram live never works for me. I always have connection issues. It'll just cut me out in the middle of my live and I always have to restart it no less than three (laughs) times. And it's just terrible. That sucks. It's so scary. Yeah. And then you realize that like if you're watching one and someone drops off, it's no big deal. You'll just sit mm-hmm. there and wait for them to come back. But yeah, it's scary when it's you, for sure. For sure. Uh, well, do you have, I know we've, uh, a huge theme of this podcast has just been general advice that you have for other artists and creatives, but do you have any additional advice um, about growing social media platforms for artists that want to reach out and connect with other people, maybe buy their products in general, but also just develop relationships with other creatives because it can be lonely when you're working by yourself all the time. Yeah, I really do think looking into local tar- like local hashtags and finding creative community locally and reaching out to those people and saying like, hey, I noticed that you're in Long Beach. I'm in Long Beach too. Like, would you ever be interested in like collaborating on something um, or jump into creative classes locally? You'll meet a lot of other people that can like support your talents and you can support theirs. Um, we all have a different set of skills. No one is good at everything. And we can, I think Instagram or social media, it really pushes the idea of you have to be the expert. You have to be the expert. You have to show up on stories and you have to be this. I don't think you have to be the expert. I think it's really great to incorporate other people who do things that you cannot do into your world and like raise them up because we all have cool different strengths and I'm happy to go film something for you. And then maybe you can bake something for me and I can take pictures of it for a tutorial because I can't bake and I don't want to learn how to bake. (laughs) So I think it's, it's about just like learning, always being curious. I changed my mind. That's the new quote. That's the Instagram quote. (laughs) I love that that so much. (laughs) I love that so much. That was so wise. Truly. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You know what? Actually, podcasting is what completely changed my my perspective on what I wanted to do, to be honest, because I used to do um, a DIY podcast and we would just interview people that had different like really cool skills. Some were muralists, some were woodworkers, some were welders. I have no interest to be a welder or a woodworker, but listening to different people talk about what they're passionate about and how they got into their business and everything they went through to learn, it makes you think like, whoa, I want to be around more people like this. This is like, this is the passion I want in my orbit. And I think it's just finding those people and, and collaborating and learning from each other. Yeah, I'm sure you get a lot of inspiration from that. For sure. So before we let you go, we got to ask, what's your favorite self-care item under $50? Our favorite question. My favorite <laughs> self-care item under $50. Um, 
busy working mom. You have kids at home that have been quarantined for over a year. They finally mm-hmm. go to bed. Your husband is reading a book and not talking to you, and you can finally hear your thoughts for the day. What What are you doing? Okay, this is so embarrassing. One time I went to um, to get a facial, and I told the lady that I used the St. Ives apricot scrub on my face, and she was like, <laughs> literally the only place that should ever go is on the bottom of your feet. Like, it's so abrasive. Why do I love St. Ives apricot scrub? Like, it exfoliates so well, and it's $3. <laughs> I love that, but I think also, like, a good Epsom salt bath, like, a really Ooh. nice, like, bath mm-hmm. salt. Um, always do you have a favorite brand of bath salts? I think it's called Dr. Dr. Teal's. Yes, Dr. Teal's Target. It's just a Target or Sprouts. The yes. big bag. The yes. big bag. I love that <laughs> stuff. The eucalyptus scent. Yeah. It's so I good. I wish I like had more flashy um, <laughs> items to share with you, but alas. <laughs> I think whatever simple. works for you. It could also be somebody else's favorite soak and they're listening to this podcast going, yes, girl, yes. <laughs> I love it. I put it in my kids' baths. Like I put it – it just like really – it does just chill you out. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Well, where can our listeners find and keep up with all of the amazing things you're doing over at Daisy Mate? And also, if you want to plug your DIY podcast, please do as well. Oh, okay. Well, um, they can find all things Daisy Made at Hello Daisy Made on Instagram. Then in our bio, you can see all the links to all the different great stuff. And I will also say if you're cre- a creative listening to this and you have a skill you want to share or you'd like to collaborate, you're absolutely welcome to reach out. I'd love to chat with you. Um in terms of the podcast, I don't think I'm going to share that because okay. we're on hiatus because of the pandemic because we used to record together. And who knows when this will end? Like, who who knows? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, there, you, it's, it's called the Homeschooled Podcast. So everything there is evergreen. I mean, it's all about home projects. So you can listen to it anytime and enjoy For it. Sure. Um, there are a ton of creatives that would I'm sure would love to binge that entire mm-hmm. podcast. And I'm sure you have multiple episodes for people to binge. So. Yeah, that was another thing that we're like, are we going to keep talking about all these like fun home repair projects when people have literally been at home and they're like, please stop telling me to do projects? <laughs> like, I think we all just need a break. So but we will be yeah. back to that at some point. I love that. Well, yeah. I will have all of this stuff linked in the show notes for you guys to click on very easy as well. And Tracy, thank you so much for joining us today. We sincerely enjoyed having you and having this conversation. Thank you for having me. It was it was great to chat with you ladies. I appreciate it. All right. That is all for this episode. If you would like to keep up with us on Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at CEO-ish Podcast. And if you would like to keep up with me personally, you can follow me over on Tegram Biz on Instagram. That's B-I-Z. And if you're interested in social media, PR, all of that fascinating content, you can follow my agency page at Socially Tailored, spelled like my name. And you can find me at chloew.art. Please make sure to leave us a review, subscribe, tell a friend. We really appreciate it. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you next week. Yes. See you Wednesday. 